the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. We're glad you've chosen to join us today. Our passion at His Life Ministries is to help believers know Him and show Him. So we keep it simple. It's just about Jesus. Our prayer is that the Holy Spirit will make His truth plain to you so you can walk in freedom and enjoy the life of union that God has designed for you to live. And now, here's Pastor Todd. It's good to have a personal Savior, one that deals with us uniquely in accordance to who we are, our peculiarities, if you will, who walks with us with the same gait that we walk, that talks with us in a way that we can understand and know. We're not running after Him, we're not chasing Him down, we're not trying to figure out what he's talking about. But when he shares his life, he shares something that is uniquely familiar because it's the life that we share. When he speaks to us, we are his sheep and we know his voice. And his voice to us is nurture and life. It affirms us. And the joy of the Lord that we experience in His fellowship becomes our driving strength. And that's what He's called us to, is a life of strength that is based in truth and His joy. Now today, as we go into the fourth chapter, we're going to look at the first five verses of 1 Corinthians chapter 4. And Paul is throughout, he is throughout the book of 1 Corinthians, is dealing with the carnality of the Corinthian church, which is really, carnality is living according to the flesh. And as I have explained many times, there's really only two ways to live. One is according to the flesh, and the other is according to the Spirit. Now, if you are a child of God, you are a spiritual creature, not a fleshly creature. You can choose to walk after the dictates of the flesh, but you cannot change your identity. This will not be comfortable for you because it will be contrary to who you are. It will seem normal and natural to the world because that's the way they live. They live and walk after the dictates of the flesh. And we've been talking about this in Bible study. And we understand from personal experience and, and uh, from the Word of God that carnality is something that you can fall into rather easily. We're born as flesh, dead to God. That's how we come into this world. 
We are born dead to God, but alive to the appetites of the flesh. And we learn to live from birth to salvation according to the flesh. It's really our only option, and it's the way we learn to address life. Now, at that point, we're self-aware, but we're not God-aware. And most of you have seen the diagram that we put up occasionally of our spiritual anatomy. We are born out of the lineage of Adam into sin's dominion, dead to God in spirit, but alive to the flesh. And many of us lived that way for a long time before we came into salvation, before we said yes to the Spirit of God and became new creations in Christ. And that was the transition for us. I've used this... Quoted this verse many times, and it's a verse that every child of God should have close to their heart where they can see it or remember it as, as the enemy tempts them to walk in the flesh. That is 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any person is engrafted in Christ, the Messiah, he is a new creation, a new creature altogether, The old previous moral and spiritual condition has passed away. Behold, the fresh and new has come. So, at salvation, we are given a new life. More than that, we're given a new way to live. Now, that's an important point. Because while many of us would recognize that we were given a new life, we try to live it the old way. But at salvation, we're giving a new way to live. Life is now according to the Spirit because we're spiritual creatures born in union with the Spirit of Christ. And we have a new identity. And it's from that point, this is where we learn to live all over again. Did you know that at the point of salvation, you begin to learn to live all over again? God scrapped your plan for life And he implemented and put you in the middle of God's plan. You entered into Christ's plan. You entered into Christ's leniency. You entered into into who he is. Now we learn to relate to the world as he does. We learn to relate to others as he does. We learn to live according to the flesh rather than living according to the spirit. Romans 8.5 tells us, For those who are, who are according to the flesh are controlled by its unholy desires. Set their minds on and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Two different ways of living. But the flesh and the power of sin are still with us. That's the truth of you, Christian. The flesh and the power of sin is still with you, but it is not you. They're still among you, but they do not have dominion over you. And the world and the enemy is still working against you. Their objective, that being the flesh, the world, the enemy is to draw you to, into living the way you used to live. To draw you to live according to the flesh. 
Now, I know we've covered this many times. It's very important that I begin here in order for you to understand and, and understand the premise that I'm coming from. There is no victory living in the flesh for us. You know this by experience. And each time the enemy tries to convince us that that's the way we should live, but there's no victory. When we live to the flesh, we experience death in all the things, just as in all things that we do, just as the lost do. And I've gone over this. I went over it last week. When we live to the flesh, we experience death in our jobs. We experience death in our marriages. We experience death in our relationships. We experience death in all things when we live according to the flesh. And it is meant to be that way. The wages of sin is what? Death. Well, death is not just about the body. It's about living in the activity in relationship with God, not living in the relationship with God. It's about separation from God. And don't you know that everything upon this earth is held together by Him? Everything on this earth has its purpose in Him. If I separate the object from its purpose, what good is it? There you have the issue. We are to put to death the appetites of the flesh and live according to the dictates of the Spirit. Now what that means is that we live by faith in the truth of our spiritual identity, not in, the si- in sight by our physical identity. Romans 8.13 says, For if you live according to the dictates of the flesh, you will surely die. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you are habitually putting to death, which means it's something you have to do all the time. It's constantly coming at you. It's not something that happens once in a while. Habitually putting to death, making it stink, deadening the evil deeds. What is it prompted by? Prompted by the body. How many of you brought your body tonight? Yeah. Prompted by the body, you shall really and genuinely live forever. Now, a carnal Christian is one who has ceased to live from the power of the Spirit, but is determined to know life in God according to the flesh. That is a carnal Christian. It's not just the guy who goes out partying and and running around on his wife when he's a Christian. Yes, that's carnality, but that is just a very small portion of what carnality means. It is, remember, there's only two ways to live. You're either living according to the dictates and truth of who you are in the Spirit, or you're living according to the dictates of the body and who you were in the flesh. And if you live according to the flesh, you are carnal in your actions. Carnal in your behavior. Carnal in your perspective of life. So, your approach to God is carnal. Your understanding of all that He's taught you is carnal. How many of us, as we've come into the truth that Christ is life and what He intended to bring about through the new covenant and all that Paul related to us through his epistles have found that what we knew before about the Bible was largely carnal because we related it all to the flesh. Every bit of it. The blessings were about my flesh. Deliverance was about my flesh. Freedom was about my flesh. Salvation was about my flesh. 
And I was constantly striving to conform the flesh to the image of righteousness that could only be attained through a change in who I was. From physical, from fleshly, from carnal to spiritual. Now that describes the struggle. Why are we going there? Haven't we covered this enough? No, I don't think we'll ever cover it enough. At least not for me. I know there may be some saints out there that's got it all nailed down, but I'm not in there. I'm not one of that club. Actually, 2 Corinthians 11.3 states it well. This is the truth of my heart. Paul says, but I am fearful, lest that even as the serpent beguiled Eve by his cunning, so your hearts may be corrupted and seduced from, the, from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. That's the gate we go through or out of to carnality. Corrupted and seduced from wholehearted and sincere and pure devotion to Christ. I see and read of church leaders who are scrambling to find ways to be more accepting of the world's standards and ideals. I read this morning of one mega church leader who said in an interview that his position on homosexuality had evolved and is evolving. Listen, Christian, truth does not evolve. God's Word is not evolving. That is a term that Evolving is a term that describes a man's embrace of godless humanism. That's what it is. When we seek to know God according to the flesh, our belief system will evolve. You will know those who want to know and have known God according to the flesh because their moorings are gone. Flesh is their mooring and it will change as society changes. And I want to tell you that... That encompasses a lot of people. A lot of what we call the Christian community. Yes, when we seek to know God according to the flesh, our belief system will evolve and dissolve into religious words that have no meaning. And I'm sorry to say that the modern church has raised up Christian communities that are conflicted in what they believe and only know God through what can be created in their emotions and what they can intellectualize through their study. Carnality is still a choice. The reason these religious leaders, like the one I just mentioned, have credibility is because there are scores of people who will follow them in their apostasy. These leaders don't create carnality. They reveal the carnality of those people who are willing to embrace their teaching. Today's text relates to this very subject. The church of Corinth had become carnal. And now they're dividing according to the flesh. They're dividing in order to follow different ministers. And these divisions were along fleshly lines because all three of them shared the same doctrine. They all taught the same truth. But as usual, the flesh turns blessing into cursing. They should have been blessed to have three Qualified teachers visit them to bring the truth. But instead they were dividing up according to the flesh. 
They were introducing a separation in the church which the enemy had designed to do violence to the unity of the body of Christ. And that's what it's about. Paul in these verses wants the Corinthian fellowship to look past the flesh of men to the source of ministry. He wants them to see a minister of God for what he is, to know their God from their union with his spirit, and to receive truth as coming from God and not from flesh. Let's look at verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. So then, let us apostles be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ and stewards, trustees of the mystery and the secret purposes of God. Now, they had divided themselves according to the flesh, Paul, Peter, and Apollos. You remember that from the earlier chapters. And what were these men according to the flesh? Just men. That's all they were according to the flesh. Paul says, let us, and he's counting himself among the three, and he says, let us be looked upon as ministering servants of Christ. I want you to underline that word servant. And I want you to look closely at this, because that Greek word is not typical, it's unique. That word is hupe retas, or hupe retas, depending on the guy you listen to. It means under rower. Or bottom galley slave. Far from the dignity and the reverence that their followers would ascribe on them, Paul is telling them to look upon them as the lowest form of slave. Paul says, look upon these ministers, in the, uh, each one of them, these ministers, look upon them as the lowest form of slave. Y'all... Uh, may have seen movies like Ben-Hur where they had these huge warships and they had the three tiers. They were moved by sail and oars. And they had the three tiers of oars. Okay? Well, this particular word refers to those in the bottom of the boat. They were looked down upon by their fellow slaves. They were, in fact, the lowest They were called bottom people. And this word became synonymous with a menial subordinate. And they had the hardest labor, the cruelest punishment, and they were despised even among the slaves. They operated in chains. They did nothing independently, but only in response to their master. They operated with only their master in view, because they couldn't see beyond the galley. This is how Paul wants you to see them. And Paul's not fishing for sympathy. He wants the Corinthians to see that their ministers had no standing in the flesh and were not the source of ministry. As I speak right now, and you'll see this example again, but as I, as I speak right now, you're hearing my voice through these speakers. But I notice that you aren't staring at the individual speakers. Why? You're looking to me as the source of the sound. Well, that is what Paul is saying. Don't look at the speaker. Look at the source. We are never to gather around flesh. We are to stand in union to worship Christ. Now, we're here today to hear truth. 
the truth that the Spirit brings through His minister. We are passionate to hear Him and to worship our God. Too often men believe that their anointing is on their flesh, that it is a product of their flesh. That is wrong. If you meet a man that believes that, don't follow him. Because he will teach you to know God according to the flesh, not according to the Spirit. And the Spirit is the one who teaches us. The Spirit is the one who guides us. Do we want to gather around flesh? Do we want to claim the glory that we're reflecting like Satan did in heaven? Or do we want to yield and recognize the source of that glory? Do we erect monuments to man? Or do we stand together in the union of his body as, a, as one body, a temple unto the one God? Is that what we're going to do? We are to be a spiritual temple. The minister of God is a servant of Christ or he is a distraction from Christ. Now that's the truth of it. He is either a servant of Christ or a distraction from Christ. He is to be Christ-centered, not man-centered. And we are to be stewards. It says in the verse, stewards, trustees of the mysteries, the secret purposes of God. The mysteries of God is truth that cannot be grasped by the brain, by the natural man. It cannot be known by the natural man. We talked about that when we looked at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, But rather what we are setting forth is a wisdom of God, once hidden from the un- human understanding, and now revealed to us by God. That wisdom which God devised and decreed before the ages for our glorification, to lift us into the glory of His presence. Now, this can only come from the Spirit's voice, which He condescends to speak with the voice of a man to the people of God. And you know what? The people of God are to receive that from their spirit. And too often, and I spoke about this the other night, because we have learned to worship God according to the flesh, then the flesh takes takes priority over the truth that we would receive by the spirit. So that means for us that the mind, will, and emotions have to be tickled and activated in a, in a pleasant surrounding in order for us to hear God. You know what I'm talking about. We're distracted from t- truth if, if the AC is not set right. We're distracted from truth if the presenter is not dressed well or doesn't articulate the words well. We're distracted from truth if the pew is too hard. We're distracted from truth if the pastor goes a little too long. We're distracted from truth for all manner of reasons, but every one of those reasons reside in the flesh. You ever notice that? However, who you are spiritually is never distracted from truth and will never be filled and is ravenous to be in the midst of it. There's a huge difference. Now, you say, well, I understand that intellectually, but frankly, I'm not feeling it. You're not what? You're not feeling it? That might be an indication of a problem. 
Now, I'm not saying that all of this happens at night, uh, overnight, but I know that when we determine that we will know God according to the Spirit, that we will walk with Him with a determined faith, that He begins to show us not to lean upon this flesh. So many times I tried to create passion in my emotions. I tried to create understanding in my brain. I tried to create spirituality in my body. I did all of the things. I had all of the disciplines lined up that somehow were going to create these things in my flesh. With the greatest thing that I needed to recognize was by faith I am a spiritual creature. And I do have a ravenous appetite for truth. And I am passionate for Him. And I do want the things of God and to be with the people of God. That is the truth of my being. Why don't I hold to that? Why don't I deny my flesh? You say, well, I do. I, I pass by the bars and I don't even stop. Well, good for you. But if your favorite TV program's on, and it's time to come and worship with the people of God, what do you do? Well, you know, I, I, that's different. No, it's not. No, it's not. You see, if we live this way, and I, you know what? I don't have an agenda here. But I want to tell you, if I do, it's to keep you from falling into that trap of knowing God according to the flesh. Because what we study and what we teach and what the Spirit of God brings to us Saturday after Saturday and on Thursday nights is a spiritual life that can only be lived according to the Spirit. Thank you for joining us for His Life Revealed with Pastor Todd Granger. This program is the radio ministry of His Life Fellowship in San Antonio, Texas. If you'd like to know more about us, visit us on the web at hislifeministries.org or on Facebook at His Life Fellowship. We would love to have you join us for worship. We meet on Saturdays at 5 p.m. at 1307 Blanco Woods at the corner of Blanco Road and Blanco Woods just inside Loop 1604. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can send your tax-deductible donation to His Life Ministries, P.O. Box 1894, Bernie, Texas, 78006. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. And I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.